The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Extra, the podcast. We're so excited that we're able to do this. For years, we've talked about the great interviews that we get here at Extra, but the reality is we can only fit so much into our show. But now with Extra, the podcast, you can finally hear the full in-depth interviews with your favorite stars. We'll have new podcasts each week, and we'll be talking to the hottest celebrities and newsmakers around. Be sure to hit that follow button now so that you never miss an episode. Today, we're talking to Jessica Simpson, who shares why now is finally the time to make new music, and also why she has eight, yes, eight dogs. We'll also talk to the D'Amelio sisters who reveal the one thing they think will shock fans during the upcoming season of their show. But first, extras Terry Seymour sits down with Simon Cowell. The America's Got Talent star gets candid about mental health and also reveals what motivated him to start therapy. So how are you feeling? Good. So you've been getting a lot of attention for a certain podcast you did recently. I am. Were you surprised by the reaction? Well, not really, no. I think uh, I did it because it's a subject people, particularly men, uh, are uncomfortable talking about, you know, which is mental health and, uh, and therapy and everything else. And, and I did it uh, actually because I saw the benefits myself, and and it's almost like a bit of a taboo subject. You can't admit that you know you you uh, you get stressed or you need uh, help. And so I thought, well, it's helped me, so why not talk about it? And that's how it came about. When did you decide you were going to talk openly about it? And did it feel kind of therapeutic talking about it as well? Yeah, I mean, it was. It's, it's an interesting point. It was. I discussed it with uh, um, 
I'm a, a newspaper and they said, would you talk about it? I said, 100%. So they said, uh, we'll do it as a podcast. I've never really done a podcast before. So I was kind of like, uh, let's just see how it goes. And actually it was very easy to talk about. And I think, you know, the feedback that's come back has been great, which is a lot of people have said, actually, the fact that you've spoken about it, I don't feel, you know, bad about, you know, doing the same thing. Because uh, I think, as I said, particularly with men, uh, yeah. they have an issue, you know, talking about things like that or, or discussing it or thinking about therapy, you know, and I think we, actually everyone needs it. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so much harder for men to talk about it openly? Because us, us girls, us women have no problem like talking about anything and everything. Well, that's true. I think particularly uh, in the UK, uh, because I used to hear about, you know, people in America, you know, seeing therapists and I, I never took it seriously. And actually, once I did it, because the first time you go in, you're like, God, what am I going to talk about? And then uh, this guy, he was such a nice person. And we, it was like having just a conversation. And then I went a second time, third time, and then it became a regular thing every week. And um, I should have done it years ago, if I'm being honest with you. If you'd have said to me 10 years ago, we're going to be sitting down and talking about you going to talk to a therapist, I would have bet you anything. Well, it would have been the other way around. It would be you (laughs) seeing a therapist. Are you, by the way? Not yet, but maybe after listening to your podcast, maybe I should. I would strongly recommend it. There was one point. For Clark's benefit as well. (laughs) For everybody's. There was one point in the podcast where I had to laugh when you said, it was really awkward because I was thinking, what am I going to say about myself? I was like, you, what are you going to say about yourself? (laughs) I was a bit embarrassed to begin with because it's like, well, where do you start, you know? And actually, you know, I think this all came about, I think, off the back of COVID because I think... Did it really? Yeah, I do, because I, I was so scared about COVID. We all were. You know, where we were, we, we sat in this house, me, Lauren and Eric, alone for about a year, terrified about this thing, you know, which no one knew about. You know, do you get vaccinated? And if you do get a vaccination and blah, 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 or what happens if you catch it? And, and everyone was, was really scared. I was. And actually, once I got it, it was like nothing. It was like, it was like catching a cold. But I think for those two years, I genuinely, when you look back on it now, it was like something out of a science fiction movie. So, you know, the idea that we were all just going to happily go back to our normal lives after that, it was just it doesn't work that way. You really were getting like a thousand in the three years. You said you probably ended up getting a thousand COVID tests, didn't you? Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. We had one nurse. We used to call her Nurse Pain because <laughs> it used to go all the way up into our, literally our heads. I mean, it was just horrendous. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, because of filming, because of other reasons, you know, that's how we were living our lives. And, and like I said, when you actually look back on it now and you think about it, or if I see footage of everyone wearing masks and stuff, it was like, God, we were all terrified about yeah. something which just came from nowhere. It was like a movie. And now you've discovered this and it's made you feel so much better in yourself and work. And in, has it made your relationship with Lauren even better? <laughs> Why is that funny? Where is she? Oh, there you are. Amazing. 
much better. No, actually, kidding aside, uh, it has been good for both of us. It is actually healthy to be able to go somewhere and kind of let it all out. Get and these, it out. And these people are so smart. And they kind of work out themselves, you know, why you're there. And, you know, it's just like they give you a steer. Yeah. And I think it was, yeah, honestly, it was, I said in the podcast, it's like going to a gym for your brain. That's the best way of describing it. It's like having a workout. And you also said, you know, we take care of our bodies, we take our vitamins, but your mind, your mental health, if that's not working right, then it changes everything. A hundred percent. And don't forget, you know, we're living in a world now with, with so much information, you know, I don't know what's real or not anymore. So I, I really did stop reading newspapers. Uh, I stopped watching the news. Um, I just, I found, I found everything too overwhelming if I'm being honest with you. And that was part, one of the things that came out of doing this, which is you don't need all this in your life. And, and truth is you don't. When do you now, looking back, and you said, you know, you wish you'd done it sooner, how many years ago do you wish you did it? Because do you, do you think back now and you think, I didn't realise I had depression. I didn't realise I felt all this anxiety. I mean, I, if I'm being honest, probably 20, 25 years ago, because, you know, it, particularly what I do, I, I, it's not just me because of the job you, you do. Everyone, you know, if you've got a family, you're working everyone does get stressed and the idea that you bottle everything up and you don't have an outlet for that you think about that and like I said off the back of what we all went through with COVID it's um you've really got to look after your 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 your, your mind you know otherwise it, like I said it just becomes everything becomes almost too overwhelming so it's i'm not being dramatic it was just very helpful and that's why i wanted to talk about it to encourage people to say look it's nothing to be embarrassed about it's just that i mean like i said you go to a gym for your body go and see someone for your mind and you will and you'll notice the difference and it's changed your life dramatically in the sense you get up in the morning now, you see the daylight, you're not waking up at two in the afternoon and going to bed, working until <laughs> seven in the morning. Now you're playing football and riding bikes with Eric and Lauren. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I did, uh, well, years ago, yeah, I would work till seven in the morning and get up at two in the afternoon. So, but I, you know, I changed that a few years ago, but I, I'm a great believer that you can always make things better in your life. If you really, really stop for a moment and just go, I don't need this, don't need that, blah, 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 blah. And just try, you try and be peaceful. Big announcement next week, I believe, for an AGT spin-off. Well, I, I don't think, yeah, I mean, we are doing a spin-off show and, and they've been talking about it for months. I wouldn't have done it unless I thought it was a great idea. I think the idea is brilliant. And that's all I can tell you right now. Because it's top secret. Because it's top secret. Which means we haven't quite figured it out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? 
not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's so incredible and extraordinary that Simon is speaking out on mental health. I hope that it encourages more people to check out therapy for themselves. There's no shame in doing so. Next up, Terry is sitting down with Jessica Simpson. So Jessica, thank you. Oh my God, there was like chaos happening over there. Yeah. So we're at the doggy parks. There's a lot happening. There's a there lot is of a lot happening right happening. now. A lot of um, dog play for sure. For sure. Um, so tell me, what is happening with PetSafe today? PetSafe is one of the best companies. I will say that I have trained my dogs using PetSafe products, um, especially the harness, which is amazing. Um, but you know, like I've right now. I brought my dog, who I can't stop looking over at. Penny. My daughter is here too. I keep looking at her Penny, too. I swear. I know, yeah. Uh, I keep looking at your daughter. I can't believe how gorgeous and grown up she is. I know. I wanted to bring. We both like Maxwell's a dog person, so we wanted to bring Penny here to see if she would socialize. Because we have had, we do have eight dogs. Excuse me. I know. Eight? Well, it's because when Max was younger. She asked Santa for a dog, and it's happened every year for eight years. So Santa brings a dog every year. I don't know what it'll be this year. I don't know what we're asking for this year. Maybe they ask for a bunny rabbit. I was just saying, they're going to change it to a pony or something. Or... Maybe they can change it. But um, I will say we're kind of like an adoption agency for pets. Sounds like people, it. People get on our waiting list because they're like, we're going to be on the waiting list because they're not going to keep that. They're, they're going to want somebody else to take care of that dog. It's going to be too much. But Penny is our, we have, we have kept her close and we have two others that we have kept close. But every, all the other dogs come over on weekends. So Penny seems <laughs> to be doing pretty well, I've got to say. So who takes care of all of the dogs then? Does Maxwell so, take care of the like, dogs? Maxwell is very good with the dogs. Um, I will say my son is very good too. And... Birdie thinks that she's very good with the dogs, but she definitely holds them by the neck at times. <laughs> but Birdie likes our little one. We have a, a teacup multi-poo. Oh my gosh. And so Birdie is obsessed with her. And But Penny puts all of them to sleep. So she's kind of a narcolept. She'll like, or she fake sleeps. Um, she'll start snoring, make sure they're all sleeping, and then head out, head out the door. So between... The kids, the dogs, is it always complete chaos at home? Um, I, I mean, I don't even know what life would be without chaos. I think I'd be very bored. Um, I'm sure I complain at times that there's too much going on, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you know, Eric and I just have to find our time where we can like give each other an eye yeah. to be like, go to the next room, we'll hang out for a little bit. And the kids are actually really cute about it. Now that they're 10, 11, you know, they go off and they hang out with each other to give us some time together. So Maxwell is 11? Oh, yeah, she's looking 11. at you Because I can't believe, can we just yeah, show how course. gorgeous, I mean, talk about I know, a Maxwell mini, is so beautiful. A mini you, I right? know, she is. But I, I told her the other day, I was like, I feel like you might be Gigi Hadid's daughter. Seriously, when hi, they were younger. So yeah. nice to meet you. She looked you so much like so Gigi Hadid when she was young. Yeah, I was like, so we, I was always like, hey, are you my daughter? No. You 
Can you believe Look at how cute that dog is. Oh, you love these dogs. Are you in your element right now? The doggy park for the dogs? Yeah, I don't know if my dog is so much. She's over there like, just pet me, pet me. Humans, pet me. So Maxwell, do you want to follow in some mummy's footsteps? Do you want to do what mummy does? Yes. You do? Singing, business, fashion, which part? All that. All, all that. that. All of that. See? But I don't, I, I might want to sing, but I don't really know if I want to sing or not. I don't what do you mean you don't know? You have a great, she has an unbelievable voice. Yes, and she, I mean, if you look at, like, my sister is an incredible performer. I grew up on the stage. I'm not that big of a stage person. She's not much of a stage person, but also it hasn't been my show yet. So once I start touring in the next year, oh, yeah. that's why she doesn't want to tell you out. yet because she doesn't know Ooh. if she'll like it or not. So she'll test some know. waters. Are you she ready to get out there on the stage with your mom and on tour? Yeah. Would you do and that? And she definitely yeah. wants to run the Jessica Simpson collection, which she could probably do a better job than me. She definitely has her finger on the pulse of all things cool. Well, we can see that you love fashion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can see that. You're so she cool. took me shopping yesterday. Maxwell takes care of me, I will say. Like, Aww. I'm always like, Max, you don't have to make me a sandwich. She was like, well, I wanted to. That's Max is definitely the older daughter and oldest child. And I'm the oldest child, too, so I understand that sense of responsibility. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, innately in you. That's you know? amazing. You have that special bond together and you can do all these fun things yes. together. I mean, I, I honestly, like, she is my daughter, but we're, I would say she is, next to Eric, my best friend. For sure. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Talking about I, I say here. way too much to my daughter. I'm like, oh wait, you're I know, 11. You have to be I have to explain that. that. Okay, let me explain. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> to reel it in. Yeah. Is Eric here today? No, no, no. Eric's with the other two. Taking care of the other babies. And this whole summer, um, I was I rented a place in Nashville, so I've been moving stuff out of the house, getting U-Hauls, like moving some stuff to to Nashville to be. You know, to have some of my southern roots back while I am in the recording studio. Oh, no, you just answered my next question. So more music coming? Definitely. Finally. Finally. It's all beginning this week. Wow, yeah. congratulations. How excited are you to just get back in the studio? Honestly, I, it gives me chills thinking about it because I know that whenever I open this big old trap of mine, <laughs> A lot is going to come out, and it's going to be really powerful, and I finally feel connected enough to my purpose in music, and I know exactly what it is I want to do, and I have all these playlists that I've been going through, and just like, I've kind of formed my whole record, and I know the writers that I want to write with, I have people on board, and it's very exciting. Why, why is now the right time to get back into the studio? In a lot of ways, I really wanted my kids to be raised as normal as possible in the first 10 years. Like, I didn't want to be on the road all the time. I didn't want to be gone all the time. And I feel like I've given that to them. Um, I know I have a four-year-old, but she's more of a performer than me. She has a set of lungs on her. And Birdie. And Birdie, you know, it's the third child. She's just going to go with the flow. And with Birdie, I feel like, I mean, she'll love being on the road and traveling. I just didn't know. I was a young, you know, like at the beginning of motherhood, you just don't know what your career is going to look like. And I just felt like I really wanted to do what my parents did. Um, 
and instill those values and morals and have like a normal childhood, but I feel like they're already so old. I mean, my son just started playing football and it's the best ever. <laughs> Maxwell, my daughter, was like, I didn't know you got that excited over football. <laughs> You're like, but I, he did just play at the um, halftime at the Rams preseason game. I saw you post that. I saw that on your Instagram. I mean, he was, it was in front of 70,000 people and I was like, are you, are you okay? But, uh, mama like, and he's like, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Proud. He goes out there. He's on playing like D end, and he hits a tackle, and I'm like, ah! like I literally, I think the whole stadium or the whole yeah heard me. Like it was at SoFi. It was huge. Like I couldn't believe he was just so confident out there. We got to wrap up, but I wanted to ask you because you always look incredible. We spoke about your weight last time and how you maintain it, and just how you look so fabulous. What What are you doing now just to maintain this gorgeous figure you've got? Um, honestly, it's. I really don't even know what I'm doing to maintain anything. Um, I'm just kind of going with the flow. Um, and like, I, I try to not have my kids see any si sort of like diet or talk about it much. They don't, they don't understand when people are like, she's to this, she's to that. And so I try as hard as I can to make them understand as long as mommy is mommy, I am, you know. So I feel like that conversation has not been a healthy one in the public um, just because it's always a thing yeah. with me whether it's too skinny too overweight I mean I I as long as we feel good I think that's what I think a healthy mentality has kept me healthy and so important for kids you're so, so important for especially because she's about to become a teenager. yes yes all the changes start happening yeah. now <laughs> can't wait to hear that new music Jessica we're looking forward to it. Next, Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio talk about the third season of their hit reality show and explain to us why fans may be surprised when they see the two not getting along so well this season. Before we get into the shoe galore that we're in right now, we also have to talk about season three, the D'Amelio show. Congratulations on that. How are you Thank feeling you. that it's returning for the fans? It's gonna be interesting. Um, I feel like we're, I mean, we're both just saying, like, that feels like so long ago, and I think from the show and from working on so many things together as a family, like, the shoes, um, we've gotten so much closer, which I didn't think was possible, and so I'm excited to see <laughs> what we were like, because I know it was a little bit of a struggle for us last season, but I think we're all in so much of a better place and get to do cool things like this. Yeah. What what was surprise fans this season between the sisterhood that we probably didn't see the last two seasons? I think we usually get along pretty well. So yeah. seeing us not on the best terms is kind of interesting, especially for us, because we've been on such good terms for such a long time. So us not being like on the same page about a lot of things was difficult for us. Yeah, but I think it's nice to also kind of, you know, have those not so perfect sides show, you know, or sisters yeah. that we're gonna fight. live and work together, you know, like it's inevitable. So I think that that's a interesting part of this season. Yeah, and like you two just said, you are sisters, you are gonna, are gonna fight, that's expected, but how do you come back? How do you turn it around? How do you make up and get back on one accord? You'd be like, okay, <laughs> sister, let's fix this and move on. Um, someone usually just like, 
changes the subject and yeah, we'll just hang out. It's not there's usually... There's never, like, a conversation to a resolution. It's just, like, you good? I'm good. Let's get over it. Next. We don't have time to be arguing yeah. for long periods of time. We live together. We work together. It would, our lives would be miserable if we didn't get along. Yeah. And how much of this season... Obviously, we're here at your pop-up shop, so you're obviously two busy girls. <laughs> but how much of this season would be business and how much would really just highlight your personal lives? I feel like it's such a mix yeah. because our personal life is our business and vice versa, I guess, because I mean, our personalities are online and that's why people come to our social medias or whatever to find out about the business. So yeah. it's, it's very intertwined. It's definitely like, yeah, it's work things, but you're getting to see what really goes on behind the scenes. What are the emotions? What is it? What's going on the week before you see us doing this grand thing, like all of the stuff that goes into that, <laughs> which I feel like is a lot more interesting than what is so picture perfect all the time. Yeah. That yeah. final product versus all of the stuff that led up to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. <laughs> now, we obviously see your personal life. We see your relationship with Landon Barker in the show. Yeah. How much of that? do you enjoy sharing with the world? You're letting us all in on your relationship. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, some of my favorite parts about filming and him being a part of the show is getting to look back and watch like the scenes yeah. that he's in because he can make anyone just crack up laughing yeah, and hearing his jokes <laughs> and the things that he it's and so, he laughs at himself and I'm like, but, but, but look at what you did here it's 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 really cute and it's fun to look back at those moments That's so cute of you too <laughs> he's getting ready to be a big brother soon really soon has yeah. he shared his excitement about that with you at all yeah i mean that entire family is just they're all so close with each other and i mean i'm so excited for all of them and excited for what's to come with all of them as well um all good, happy, exciting vibes from everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. I love that. <laughs> Miss Dixie. Yes. I saw a teaser for this upcoming season where your sister and Landon are basically trying to play matchmakers yeah. in your life. Yeah. How's that going? How's dating going for you? Because <laughs> you're no one's third wheel. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a full third wheel. And I love it. I mean, like... I was, we were up all night last night, um, <laughs> cleaning my room, and they we just sit there are just like, like my annoying little look siblings. At, look at like, all the things she has. Picking everything up, I would put something away, and then they would like pick it up. But it's fun, like I'm really enjoying my life right now, and I'm having a lot of fun, and I have my friends and my family, that's yeah. all I need. I love that, I love that. Looking back on you guys' journey, I obviously was first introduced to you two on TikTok. But fast forwarding to now, did you ever think that you would be in these positions that you are now? I'm talking Dance with the Stars, your own reality show, and now this pop-up shop, which could ultimately <laughs> lead to a legacy, which I was just discussing with your parents. You guys are leaving something behind. Did you ever think you would be here? I feel even from the very beginning, we had absolutely no expectations because I don't know. At some point, you stop gaining followers. People stop watching. And in the beginning, it just didn't stop. Yeah. And we were kind of just like, where do we go from here? I mean, when, like, growing up, you have all these dreams of what you want to do. And, like, I, I would watch yeah. our dad, like, in this, like, sales and whatever. And both kind of, oh, that's really cool. And fashion's really cool. And she loves dancing. I love music. But we kind of, 
Yeah, I mean, my dream was to be a backup dancer for someone else. I definitely didn't think my face would be out and about like that. So never thought that it would be how it is today. Yeah. And you just hinted that, not hinted, but you just noted that you, you do music. You obviously are doing music now as well, right? <laughs> um, I put out one song and we Two. just... Oh, we just did a remix, um, but that's that's definitely. I'm Dixie's trying to get thing. her to put out more because she has songs that I really like. But yeah, yeah I for I forgot we were just in the car. She was driving me somewhere, and we had a really long car ride, and she played this song. Like, <laughs> See, I haven't this. heard that in a literal year. Where did you even find that? So it's very. She's very talented. Funny. I love that as sisters, you're pushing her to do more music versus. Looking at her as your competition. <laughs> I mean, it's not a competition. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm joking. But um, no, it's we have so many things that are our work that we lose places to get our emotions out and have like hobbies that don't have anything to do with work. So yeah. I think it's so cool um, with music how you can express your feelings and get all of these things and share them with the world. And I think everyone if possible should do it and I love that she did that and I would like her to continue doing it. So can we expect a collaboration in the future? Uh, we cannot work on anything else together. Yeah, I think we will kill each other. together so often it's actually crazy. <laughs> yeah I think a studio session with us together that would honestly be fun to watch. Yes. We should do it that. Would, it, would go, it would go one of two ways either it would be like great and we'd be the most productive people ever or, or we'd get nothing done because we're just like wait what what it's just yeah yeah <laughs> nothing good okay let's talk about this the reason why we're really here this mm -hmm. pop-up shop you guys you're doing footwear <laughs> how did this all come about so i mean we started this a pretty long time ago and this process has been in discussion for a very long time from like thinking of a brand and what we're going to do and picking shoes and picking a name and picking styles, colors and everything. Um, but I think my dad kind of like being in charge of all this has been so cool. And I think really fun for him too, because I mean, we're very thankful. He kind of uprooted his whole entire life and childhood to come to LA for us to have our dreams and now him kind of going back to his roots of like sales and creating I think is really fun to, for us to watch him and being involved with my mom and like yeah. oh I don't wear these shoes I like these and having those conversations is really fun and I think now being here and having it in person and I was um, here two days ago and I saw someone with like D'Amelio footwear bag and I just thought it's like that's so weird oh my gosh um, but I think that's the coolest feeling, like seeing someone wear something that you know that you worked on a year ago and were trying yeah, to like push for through. something. Yeah. Um, it's really cool seeing that. And I love that it's a family affair. The dad's on the business side, mom is helping you guys collectively yeah. pick out the designs and the colors. Well, talk to me about that process, because it's one thing to work with your <laughs> sister, but now you have your mom giving her input. Was it fun? Was it like, what was that process like with you three, the girls? Um, the problem is, sorry, I can't, no, you're I'm like good. talking so much. Um, they have a lot of the same opinions and I ah. don't, but at the end of the day, I'm usually like, you guys are probably right. I'm just like, <laughs> like weird stuff, but I think it's great. Yeah. I feel like there hasn't been too many 
There really hasn't been any disagreements. It's just, just colors. Like, it's, it's like, this is my style, this isn't. Okay, well then, like, you would wear that, I would wear this. It's not, like, an issue, you know? Yeah. We're all kind of getting to put our own spins on everything. But as far as working with family and your parents especially, you know, we would be in college right now, so things would have been very different. But my mom always said, you know, she was a model when she was younger, and she was a you know, full-time mom. That's a lot of work. And she always said after we moved to college and she was like, when I'm 60, I'll model again. And getting to see her do that is really special and getting to do it with her as well because that's something that she's been really good at for a long time. And, you know, getting... she taught me how to model yeah. and like us how to smile and whatever yeah. in yeah. pictures. So um, that. it's like stuff you don't even think about that you learn from your parents that you use every day. Um, it's really cool, and being able to do it all together is really cool. For your fans and your followers, where can they purchase the D'Amelio footwear? We all want to know. D'AmelioFootwear.com. Uh, links in our bio, I think. Here. Yeah, here. Okay. Um, or at the Grove Pop-Up this month, which is very exciting. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. The third season of The D'Amelio Show is out now on Hulu. Next up, everybody, I sit down with Dane Cook, who looks back at his more than 30 years in comedy. Plus, he reveals the one piece of advice Steve Martin gave him, which he will never forget. And joining me now is Dane Cook. It's so good to see you. Thank you very much, man. So you're celebrating 32 years of being a comic? Yes. Extra celebrating its 30th anniversary season. And we're going to throw a joint party together? Is Let's that what we're it. planning today? We're in the 30s club together. There's got to be a pinata filled with all <laughs> kinds of treats. There's yes. got to, I mean, it's, it's wild to think that we're, you know, we're swinging for the fences still uh, all these years in. It's awesome. 32 years being a comic. Yeah. What's different now? What do you know now that you didn't know? I have dental. I have medical. Uh, <laughs> I don't live out of a Chevy Cavalier, which for a lot of years, you know, if you're a true stand-up comic, there's a certain point where you look around and you realize my home is a duffel bag and a car. And when I finally actually stopped and got myself a legitimate apartment, probably in the mid, like, 03, 04, I didn't even use my closets for two years because I was used to living out of the duffel bag. Mm -hmm. That was like my world for the longest time. So you'll be happy to hear I'm using closets now as a I'm grown so man. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. That's good stuff. That's very <laughs> mature of you. <laughs> so let me ask you this. When did you know that you were funny? I think it was probably, actually, I, I remember being 14, 15 years old and there was a group of kids, we're all kind of in the hallway, and whatever I said, it was kind of a cut up moment where everybody's like, you know, banging on the lockers and, I kind of held a crowd 
in that moment and was like, okay, I know I love comedy. I know I love shows like Saturday Night Live. I always felt like maybe that was, I didn't know it was a career. I just knew it was a hang. Mm. But those laughs in, the, in that hallway that day, I was kind of like, I'm going to look into open mic and see if I can give that a shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was it like when you had that crowd of people around you? Uh, the first time I did it, yeah. well, the very first time I did it, I sat in the crowd. I was too nervous to even sign up. And they were reading the names of the people that had signed up. But some people don't show up for an open mic. The host says, where's Ernest Glenn? I want Ernest Glenn. Raise your hand. You're next. And when I looked around and there was no Ernest Glenn, I put my hand up. Mm. And he goes, you're Ernest Glenn? I said, yeah, yeah, I am. And so my first set ever was at Cam Cambridge Catch a Rising Star, 1990, as Ernest Glenn. That's Thanks, wild. Ernest. Wherever you are, man, thank you for being too scared to show up for your gig. It gave me a career. Well, I remember you 2004, Loyola Marymount yes. University. You yes. came and performed during my senior year of college. Right, right. I was saying, I think that year I performed at every college that would allow me to come through <laughs> with my you know, crew and my little amps or wherever I could uh, set up. But it was an incredible run to finally hit that precipice uh, to go from hell gigs and early on the road living out of the car to like being like, man, I'm... I'm I'm in. I found my generation of, you know, comedy fans and where can I take this? Yeah, and you've had quite the journey over the last 32 years. That's right. I mean, even once Because I'm only 32 years old. So it's amazing. <laughs> that, part, that part right there. I, I was born right into the stand-up comedy scene. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and as you go any type of a journey, right, like there's a rise. And once you, you were at the top oh, yeah. of, that, of that pinnacle. That's right. Yeah. It was like a pinnacle, not only that, like it was a pinnacle that I created because people had said, this is the upper echelon. And I was like, no, I think I can actually expand further. So we were certainly at a period of time in rare air. Mm. and the never been done before business. And the only reason I really knew I got there was because Steve Martin called me. Mm. And he was the original arena comic. He did it, Dice did it, and then here it was 20 years later, I was doing that circuit. And when Steve Martin called and was like, hey man, I'm gonna send you a copy of my book, read it, and then let's grab lunch. And we could sit there and talk about what is it like to be in that place where you never believed you could take comedy, 20,000 people. And it was kind of like, oh wow, I've arrived. I'm sitting with one of my heroes. And, it was such a, a moment to uh, reflect on all the hard work can get you to where you want to go. What did you guys talk about? Uh, salads that we were eating. It was so <laughs> it was so like the it was so rudimentary. But but I did get to ask him at one point. You know, when you stood up there, like how did you take it all in? Because every comic is different with the process of like being in your moment. Mm -hmm. And he said something that like it it gave me goosebumps. He said when I was performing in front of all those people, I could feel even my pinky toe as part of the performance in my shoe. And I was like, I understand that feeling. Mm -hmm. You wanna give that crowd every single bit of energy in your body in order to, for it to reach the nosebleed sections and all the way to the back. And I, I knew in that moment, I was like, man, I, I guess I'm doing it right because if my hero is saying that's what he mm -hmm. felt, I'm like, okay, this is good stuff. Yeah, I mean, why does comedy mean so much to you? It's, a, it's an escape from hardship, it's healing, um, it's my nutrition, it's like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and I want to get up on stage and explore an idea. I love the feeling of a bunch of strangers that have completely different uh, ideas and traumas and goals and dreams coming in, and, and it's, it's a moment where we all feel equal and we all feel like it's important togetherness. It really is a very powerful moment of kinship mm. uh, when you have a great laugh and you go, these people normally might look at each other and not think that they have anything in common or you wouldn't normally go, here's the party <clears throat> guest list. Everybody look around, this is who's gonna yeah. come Saturday night. And then suddenly, 
everybody's on the same page. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it sounds a little cheesy, but it's really, it's a glamorous idea and I love it. Do you get nervous? Uh, nervous, excited. Do you? But never have I gotten like, uh, I was so kind of scared in school. I was an introvert. I was really like uh, one of those, I was a wallflower. So for me, the fear was not doing it once I did it. The fear was if I don't make it, I'll never know the feeling of feeling secure on stage but I knew at that time the feeling of insecure in life. Mm. And you know, look, anytime all of us are on our journey, everything's not peaches and creamy That's and right. rosy, right? <laughs> right? Like there's stuff, there's yeah. stuff that we all go through. Right, right. And those things in comedy are where you derive some of the best laughs from. You know, the good thing about being a comedian is you have permission to fail because everybody around you goes, I'm sure I'll make it funny in some way. And then you hope it pings other people and they can reflect in your comedy to go, I went through that exact same thing and maybe I can laugh through it if I experience it again. Or So you kind of go, or I do after all these years, even if I'm in like you would call a failing moment or a hardship moment or like downtrodden, I go, all right, Dane, what's funny? Mm. And I'm looking for it immediately. And then I get up on stage that night and I'm talking about it. So I know you said too, I read an article where you were saying that you felt like you kind of got boxed into this frat boy kind of persona. Right. But then I look back and I'm like, oh, I looked like a frat boy. <laughs> I was in like tight diesel jeans and like, you know, some distressed boots. And I had hair that looked like a field of wheat. You know, it was just like I played into what I knew coming up in comedy because that was my audience for a long time. My audience was like, I'm coming up with a generation of college comedy fans. But I think that once I was ready to grow up, you know, if you know kind of anything about the way the industry likes to see things is like, please keep doing that. That's what's making a little coin. That's what's identifiable. And one of the hardest things you can do is just let yourself evolve and know that that's the, that's the more important personal and professional move and not just trying to be derivative of what you did before. Because when you try that, and I've actually tried that, every once in a while you go, that joke's kind of like that, but let me do it. Yeah it feels false. It doesn't, it, it doesn't make you feel good on stage. Even if you get the claps and laughs, you feel better with a new idea mm. than a great, very funny idea that's kind of, sort of. What do you know now that you didn't know before? Like, how are you able to sustain yourself amidst some of the adversity? Some of the adversity yeah. that folks said you were plagiarizing jokes. Stuff with your half-brother embezzling money from you. Right. How are you able to keep going? Yeah, I think that it's all about sharing that spotlight. And when you mm. have a moment where you feel like um, you're at your own high watermark moment, it's really more than anything saying, how can I include other people in this? So either they're experiencing it and finally saying, I, I want to I thrive like this. So what does that mean, being a mentor? It means the comics that I bring out on the road that are you know, maybe playing in front of crowds that they've never played in front of before. So being there for other people and understanding the legalese, um, you know, to have people come at me years ago and with false you know, he, he took material or things that get pinned on you that you have to just kind of go, you can't fight lies. You just got to keep making great content and you have to be there for each other in those moments where you do feel isolated and alone. It's very easy to feel that in stand-up comedy. And I think after all these years, I make it, you know, on my phone, like I'm available for people to go like, man, I'm, I'm in a moment right now and I don't quite know how to get through this. So mm -hmm. I like being a the old bull who you can ping things off of at this point. How deep was that hurt though for you when people were saying that about you? At the time, it yeah. sucked because I remember calling my dad and was like, I don't know what to do here when something is not true. And he, he was the one who said, you can't fight lies mm. because lies are just gonna, that's another narration, that's another story. You can't uh, let that, uh, what did he say? Uh, uh, feel like encumbered by that. 
He goes, you got to remember all the people that are there that are filling up those shows night after night, those are the people that know your true heart. Mm -hmm. Some of these other people are going to put some things on you. I had people that said that s stuff that you brought up years ago. They came to me years later and said, I said that bullshit just because I wanted to get under your skin or I wanted to knock uh, you down some pegs. Oh yeah, people can be very toxic. People can do and say things sometimes that are beyond maybe what their morals are because if they're hurt, they want to hurt somebody else who seemingly has it all and isn't maybe going through their own stuff. So it's nice to be in a place now where some of the very people that said those things, I've actually gotten past and are friends with. Well, it's so good to have you. Thank you so Thank much you. for being with us today. Thanks for having this great conversation with us. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. you too. Thank you. All right. Dane Cook is out on tour now. To get tickets for that, visit danecook.com. That's all we've got for you today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Extra the Podcast. Be sure to listen and follow on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>